So I picked up the salt lick and I bashed his head in <laughs> while his daughter was sitting there trying to give him CPR. <laughs> nice. And fights. Gamepad. Ladies and gentlemen, and, you know, our huge fans in Kazakhstan, welcome back to Pen Fights Gamepad, which this might be the most exciting episode ever because we have a special guest. That's right, our seventh episode, and we've got a guest interview about some really cool stuff. We're probably going to make him stay around for the whole show, though, because I'm mean like that. Um... <laughs> We have the one and only for the did not finish readers, which you should all be by now. Glowpuff developer. Well, we're just gonna call him David. So, uh, David, hello. Hello. Great intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, David uh, is about to unleash his latest great game creation, um, which. I am the star of, but only in physical. What we changed is, or you changed his name to what? Buck Ricardo. Buck Ricardo. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going to be in a game. And he's like, Buck Ricardo. I was like, well, I'm not going to have my name in the game <laughs> because <laughs> Buck Ricardo is too awesome. Although I did yes. give you the option of having your name in the game. That is true, but you said <laughs> Buck Ricardo and. Uh, yeah. It's just so much better. So. Yeah, you were all over that, and I said, "Okay, fine." Yeah, and your your call since yeah. it's your face. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm still good looking in the game, so that's all that matters. Um, Dan was just playing it. Um, yeah, I that's the first time I've played it. Just played the latest build and uh, found it decidedly decidedly creepy to have a bunch of clowns slowly coming my way. So that's a pretty genius uh, idea for a game, man. It's fun. Has Donald let you play the other one, Zombie Circus? No, that's the only one I've played. I okay. should have done that. That would have been this brilliant. Is, uh, this one's kind of a spin-off okay. in my whole Zombie Circus world universe. Gotcha. Um, in the first Zombie Circus, you just picked up the zombies with your finger and you slammed okay. them into the ground as hard as you could. <laughs> nice. And... Did the first... It had blood, didn't it? Yes, the first one had red blood. Red blood? But then someone at Microsoft got all up in his grill for a Halloween game having blood in it. And I think since then it's been green blood, hasn't it? That is correct. I got completely disenfranchised on the idea of spurting blood in my games ever since that debacle. And then there's that game where you can chop off people's fingers that has blood all over. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I was amazed to see that one right there in the marketplace with the icon with the finger cut in half with blood around it. 
And you'd think with the uh, shape that the Windows Phone Marketplace is, they wouldn't be that picky. But, you know, there's some great games on there like Sudoku and <laughs> Sudoku More. <laughs> <laughs> um, for people who don't have Windows Phone, I'm going to go ahead and say that David is the best developer on there because his games don't suck. Well, thank you. And since I've only played his game, I can honestly say it's the best Windows phone game I've ever played. Well, I'll let you play Sudoku more later. Uh, I don't like <laughs> Sudoku that much, so... So, yeah, um, hopefully you'll want to hang out for the rest of the show. Um, when is um, Zombie Carnival coming out? Have you decided yet? Well, I had a brainstorm last night because of that, the advertising problem that, that Microsoft is having right now. Well, I don't know if I want to call it a problem, but, well, yeah, it's a problem. Uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of developers upset with the way that PubCenter is performing right now. And it's, a, it's issues that have started several months ago, actually. The, the pay rate has just steadily declined over the months, um, as well as the advertisement fill rate. And towards the end of the month, it's normal for ads to not just not be as plentiful. Mm -hmm. See, when an advertiser pays to go on PubCenter, you don't just get infinite number of ads for the entire month. They pay for, say, 10000 or whatever they, however many that they, they purchase at a time. But when, once those, once that fill rate has gone through with all the apps using their ads for that category, like let's say a sports sporting store, and they get 10,000 ads for the month, if there's a lot of apps using sports, they'll get served that sporting store's ad a lot. And once those are used up, well, the, that ad will no longer show. And that's normal. Uh, that's just the way it works. But the problem is, in the past several months, it seems like towards the end of the month, there's more and more ads not showing. It's almost like there are less advertisers purchasing less stock of advertisements to show. Hmm. So they're running out sooner. And that's a problem because there's no ads, there's no revenue. Yeah, and right. that's, that's the thing that a lot of people are complaining about right now. That's wow. It, so it used hmm. to be extremely lucrative to do advertising on Windows Phone, and right now I'm kind of struggling. Everybody is, I think, from what I've seen in the forums, a lot of people are, anyways. Um, you think it's an increase in developers coming to Windows Phone, or a decline in people wanting to advertise on the platform? It could be one. Or the other, or both, actually, because there are a lot more developers now than there ever have been. And also, that's one of the topics that people have been talking about, is the fear that advertisers are no longer advertising or completely leaving the platform to advertise elsewhere, like on iOS, where they have more viewers, obviously. Well, you know, we hope that it gets better for you. Yeah. Because that's just, I mean... Yeah, that's one of the things I was thinking about 
I think, yeah, that's where I was going with this. I was brainstorming last night on what my options are. And there is a service out there called Ad Duplex. And what that allows you to do, you don't get money for showing ads from advertisers. However, what you what happens is you show an ad duplex ad, and what the ad is for is actually other people's games. And for every ten that you show of other people's stuff, your ad gets shown eight times on other people's apps. So it's it's a point eight ratio basically. So the more ad duplex ads that you show, the more your game is advertised in other people's applications. And what that will do will is will drive visibility of my application. It won't help my pub center ads, obviously, but what I'm going to do is going to show ad duplex ads when there's no pub center ad available because pub center when you use the framework I can actually detect whether an ad failed to load. So when an ad fails to load, I'll just pop up the ad duplex ad. And that's uh, and it's better than showing nothing. At least that way, when I show ad duplex ads, again, my ad for my game will be shown in other people's apps. And it will, it will drive visibility of my game. That Yeah, that sounds just like the perfect way to do it. But I figure with... I mean, what I've played so far since you allowed me to beta test the crap out of it, this is going to be your hottest game yet, man. I'm really pleased with it, yes. And can you explain, because I just had that whole broken tooth thing, why do I play better when I'm on hydrocodone than (laughs) when I'm not? (laughs) I think it's all the motion involved in the game. There's a lot of things moving around. And so I know with that medicine you're on, it kind of messes with your perception of reality a little bit. <laughs> so I think all the motion combined with that effect just makes you a better gamer. Hmm. Maybe I should just be on it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually been very fun uh, being in the beta tester for this game because I, we actually ran into a problem where there's carnage mode where if you get enough kills you just become super powered for a little bit and you can do damage and um david has been building on a generation two windows phone and i'm still on a generation one and when i entered carnage mode the little frame rate thing in the corner dropped to 1.2 and frames per second yeah oh when i came out of carnage mode i was dead and <laughs> i shot him an email i was like this doesn't work <laughs> and uh yeah he went in he fixed it it runs super beautiful there's a slight hiccup in frames per second when you hit carnage mode but it's not noticeable unless you actually have that little meter there so and you're probably looking for it since you saw that happen before you know I didn't really see it happen. I just saw nothing happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. It turned into a slideshow. It did. And the slideshow involved me dying and then <laughs> you making oh, fun of a sad my leaderboard score. You're like, haha, you suck. <laughs> yeah, I did gloat a little bit. I had uh, that pretty decent score. That was really interesting, that problem. Luckily, I still have my old first-generation phone, so as soon as Donald told me about the issue, I fired it up on that, and sure enough, my HTC HD7 
first-gen phone had the same problem. Uh, I tracked it down pretty quickly to the audio because I was telling Donald to turn sounds off. That's what I did. And when I turned the sound effects off, the, the frame rate didn't hitch at all. Huh, interesting. So I tracked it down to the sound effect. What was happening? When I fire, when the machine gun fires, it fires the sound effect on every bullet that fires out. So naturally, if you're firing rapid fire, do, 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 it's playing that sound over and over. And what was happening, it was overlapping in the audio buffer, I think, is what was happening. And the hardware just couldn't cope with all the sounds. Even though it was the same sound, it was still several of them, several copies being mixed in the, in the audio buffer and just couldn't handle it. So what wow. I ended up doing was turning that do-do-do, a separate sound. I recorded one sound with three shots, so do-do-do, and I just played that on loop. There you go. Not, I don't fire, I don't play that sound every time it shoots. I play it once and have the hardware loop it internally. That completely got rid of that audio buffering over itself, because it's really just playing one sound and then playing it again when it's finished playing. So you didn't have that several copies of the sound mixing over each other. And I completely got rid of the frame rate issue because the, there was no more taxing on the hardware anymore. That was far more elegant of a fix than me just throwing my phone across the couch <laughs> and screaming, ah! <laughs> <laughs> that, that actually didn't help at all when I did that. There's one more performance thing I did. It wasn't just the audio. I also did uh, what's called camera frustrum culling. And basically what I do right. on every frame, I check to see which 3D objects are actually in view of the camera. And if it's not in view, I don't draw it. And that helps free up a few more frames also. Nice. So, wow. Well, I can't wait until everyone... You know, all 12 people who have Windows Phone get their hands on it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> and, oh, well, I guess we could say that Windows Phone 8 is going to support Unity. So there you go. pretty soon you're going to be on all platforms dominating. Nice. Yeah, that's going to be, um, I was looking at the pricing of that the other day. It's going to be an investment to make. Ah. Uh, money investment i mean it does cost well you got the unity free if you're going to be publishing for free right the, the, if you want to sell you have to buy in but unity has a free version and as long as you're publishing free games they don't have a problem with it uh, i must have, i must have misunderstood it i was looking at the pricing tiers and the unity free was free but if you wanted to, say, do the iOS, that was like a $400 add-on just to do iOS. Oh. So I was, I'm just guessing that hmm. Windows Phone add-on is going to be also 400 because the Android add-on was also 400 So they seem to be charging 400 per operating system. What hmm. if I told you they once gave me the iOS and Android unlock packs for free, and those might land in your email tonight actually it's nice that you mentioned that because i jumped on that when you told me about it a couple months ago and i got it myself oh well then there you go now you yeah just... I'm, I'm hoping that's gonna work that'll work for ios but it's not gonna help for the the windows 
phone seven unless that comes as a well that wouldn't be part of a patch that's a separate package I'd, so i'd still have to buy in if i wanted to do that for windows phone i think well hopefully microsoft sees that they need unity on their platform and they decide to give it to developers for free in attempts to get ios and android developers on board so fingers crossed for that seems like the smart thing to do but this is microsoft <laughs> have you seen windows 8 oh <laughs> The last time Microsoft tried to offer something free to us developers, it was the, I don't remember the name of it, but it was some analytic platform. Mm -hmm. It lasted about a year, hmm. uh, like, you know, the license. For about a year, they offered it for free, and then all of a sudden, if you want to stay on, it's going to cost you. So it was free for a while, but then not so free after that little partnership uh, ran its course. Uh, they just like too much money. Yeah. Stupid capitalists. I've heard working for them is very nice. Yeah. That wasn't really a problem because there are other analytic platforms that are free and open source that I'm using instead of that one. Even right. that one that one was pretty robust. I mean, it had like a, a web interface you can log in and see lots of different data that it collects from who's running your, your app, like where your country, what time, what they click on, how long they spend on a page. There's just, you, you could drill down to all kinds of esoteric data that it would collect on the user. Nice. And if that was interesting, but if you need all that, which some apps do need all that, but for a game, I didn't even need all those features. Mm. I just like to see how many people are running. That's basically all I want to know, and that's I have a very simple analytics package that I use, and that's basically all it does, is how many people run it. All right, David. Um, Dan just told me he's going to ask you some hard questions, so that's good. prepare right. yourself. Hey, I enjoy <laughs> questions. No, uh, it's just, uh, I just think it's really cool what you're doing, um, because I'm a 3D artist, and I've done a couple things uh, with people online where they like need 3D assets or... 2D art and stuff, and they're always super excited at the beginning of the project, and all of them and their programmer buddies are working on it. I'm like, cool, and I send them stuff, and they'll pay me a little, <laughs> and then I just never hear from them again. It's happened a few times. So, man, good on you for, you know, getting getting games out there, and is it, like, is Glowpuff just you? Yes, it's just me. I do the wow. programming, the sound effects, the artwork. The 3D modeling, the 2D animation, everything. That's awesome, man. That's really cool because there's a lot of people out there doing it, trying to, or just talking about it, but you're actually doing it. And that's just really cool for someone like me who uh, has been approached by people who are all excited and then <laughs> they just fizzle out before like they even get a, a build going is what I've experienced, but... Thank you. That's very encouraging to hear that from you. Yeah. Sometimes I send David 3D artwork, and he just emails me back. He's like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> I do not. No, you don't. <laughs> You're like, I just decided to go in another direction. That didn't that happens well. a lot. I told you things change a lot oh, yeah. when, I, when I make a request and when it actually goes in or not goes in. Well, I, uh... Dan, I drop things all the time. To Dan's thing where you're sending people art and they're all excited... Um, I've pitched games to David before and 
they get going at a pretty good pace and then he's like oh no we can't do this and it's just part of the the development process sure yeah yeah we wanted to make well you you go you go ahead and explain that one that was your project that um that that rts yeah uh, we uh how we worked what two three months on that we had some other guys work we really got into like some early artwork and everything i still have it all you know in hopes that one day it's possible but we had a whole futuristic turn-based strategy game just lined up um really cool art style and everything and then i at one point we just realized that there was no way this was going to work on a mobile phone hmm. with what we were trying to do at the moment too big of a scope um just for like the technology on a Windows phone? No, I I don't know if it's too big of a scope for the hardware side. I'd, would you say that we just it just wasn't right for the market, or we right, couldn't? Right, it figure... wasn't right for the market, especially as a free uh, a free application. I was just very afraid that it would have you know a small number of people would certainly enjoy that kind of game, but for for generating advertisement revenue. You know, you need the kind of game that's pick up and play, very quick, very easy to learn. Uh, you know, literally no instructions. People don't like to read instructions. Like I remember, like one of my games had some. Well, all of my games have a simple instructions on how to play, but one of them required a little bit more. You really, you really should read how to play to figure it out. And I remember one review, and I'll always remember this one. Is this the Wizard's Tower thing? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Wizard's Star. They left a one-star, you know, run-and-gun review. Yeah. And it said, uh, didn't read the instructions, couldn't figure out how to play, or some, <laughs> something along that lines. Of, wow. They literally said they did not read the instructions. <laughs> did a drive-by one-star review on Wasn't it. Wasn't it something about it, too many instructions, couldn't figure out how to play, needs to be easier, and just... Something like that. That's exactly what I did after I read that one. That long wailing cry. Yeah, that's my son. He's one. <laughs> Joining the podcast. That's okay. That's that's what I did after I read that review. <laughs> yeah, David sent me a very, very dark email after that review. And I think I had to remind you that any idiot can write a review and... Most of them are hardly literate. Donald has been extremely encouraging when I get in a rut, when I read bad reviews that are just not fair to my the work I do. Donald yeah. has been very good at raising me out of the dumps, so to speak. That's cool. And you know, with reviews, it's really weird because um, I am a writer and I only have short stories out there, but, uh, you know... I'll get a one-star review, and for the same reason they hated it, I'll get a five-star review, like, for the same thing. They'll say, oh, characters were flat, blah, blah, blah. Other one says, oh, I loved the characters. The story was cool because of this, and someone else says it sucked because of this. You just, it's weird. So, you can never please everyone. Exactly. That's what I've learned doing this. You cannot please everybody. Yeah, you just can't. Like, no matter how good something is, There'll be a hater out there. Haters put gonna a one hate. Star. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess as long as we're talking about reviews, this is a story worth telling. 
Um, I left a nice review for one of David's games. It was oh, yeah. <laughs> well thought out, a couple paragraphs long, you know, nice. what I liked about it. And about a day later, some guy, he said, you know, fake reviewers suck. And then he point, singled me out as a fake reviewer. <laughs> and, he called uh, you a tool. He did. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was amazing just because. How would he have even known? I, I don't know. Weird. I mean, he was right. I am. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, he even was hiding his profile because he didn't want to come out from Weak. behind the wall of internet on a timidity. So um <laughs> can't wait till that comes out. And I think, do you want to move on to what we've been up to? That was a professional segue. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down in our book of segues. So. Well... Um, yeah, I don't know. We've, we've gone through lots of changes, uh, for any of those. And that's, that's my dog, by the way, <laughs> for any of those audio files listening, you may have heard a difference in quality. Uh, so I finally got a new Mac, uh, laptop cause my laptop died. And so, uh, we recorded on a little digital voice recorder two episodes ago. And then the last episode we had it all set up. But I didn't know I had to switch the input to my microphone instead of the laptop's internal mic. So we recorded the last episode on the internal mic of my new MacBook Pro, which was surprisingly decent. But now we finally have my nice expensive microphone that I sold my bass guitar to get. So we're sounding professional. And it's all set up on a card table. <laughs> oh. I'm glad we're finally sounding good again, so... uh yeah, it's good to be back as far as audio quality goes. So, yeah, <laughs> and we got the whole Skype thing going. This is cool. Um, me, I just been up to breaking tooth and a half. How did you do that? Eating. Oh. You know how it goes. Just like a hungry, hungry hippo going nuts? No. What, what were you eating, like a Jolly Rancher or Pizza. rocks? Pizza? <laughs> yeah, I have, I don't. I think I inherited my mom's tooth condition where they just kind of, you're just sitting there minding your own business, watching a movie, and you're like, hey, I think half of my tooth just fell apart. Oh. <laughs> um, so I've, I think since David has known me, I've had three or four root canals. Oh, man. I remember once, well, Mindy, my wife this time, stopped me from, typing emails while on hydrocodone because i once <laughs> typed all the guys that did not finish an email while i was high as a kite and they all got quite a a laugh out of it and <laughs> nonsensical or i don't how would you define that email david that's interesting <laughs> so uh i should so well i've had a root canal once and um it was no worse than getting a cavity uh, done, but maybe it was a certain, because it was a certain tooth, it was just right here, so it was like really easy for him to access or something. I don't know. Well, I have um, insanely deep roots, Oh. and on, it wasn't, this root canal actually went pretty smooth. On the one Good. before this one, the root was so deep that they couldn't <laughs> actually... Good, um, Novocaine up into it, oh, but there man. was a little, oh, there was a little piece of nerve that they had to get to, but they didn't have a drill tip deep enough. 
So he just took this little wire and he put it up in there and he twisted and he said, this is going to hurt a little bit. (laughs) And he yanked down and I blacked out for two or three seconds. And when I came back to there, I was staring down at me, asking me if it was okay. And I saw the little bit of nerve wrapped around the little hook. And Dude, that that is sick. (laughs) I'm kind of shivering over here. Yeah, I already hate the dentist. You are welcome. (laughs) Because I was like, yeah, I should recommend the guy I went to. But it sounds like it's because, man, you got roots go deep. I, uh... I I have mutant teeth. I once, when I was little, had a tooth growing out of the center of the roof of my mouth. Oh my gosh! So I have a mute, mutant mouth. You have a yeah. mu- you mutant powers extra teeth. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd be like, "Hey, Wolverine, you want to roll?" I have horrible teeth. <laughs> be like, that's still a better power than Cyclops. I think I saw that in Fallout Three. <laughs> oh, what a great game! Dan has not played Fallout Three. Blasphemy. <laughs> I know. Um, if you like apocalypses, I recommend Fallout 3. I'm Absolutely. trying to get through New Vegas, but it's not happening. I did get a mod where you can get an old Ford truck and run people over with it. That sounds That's fun. cool. It's That's pretty nice. cool. I, I wish I'd played Fallout 3 on the PC, but I just played it on the xbox because i didn't know better (laughs) so did not finish updates um have we talked since i beat duke nukem yeah yeah we did yeah we went over that so the review we we don't need to talk about that game anymore (laughs) well did we talk about what it got in the ratings no no uh when uh rambler and tony and i were reviewing the game we were debating over what to give it, because we definitely were not going to give it a score, you know, higher than zero. <laughs> and uh, he actually came up with, we rated it Poop Helmet out of five. <laughs> yeah, that was, Is there a story behind that? 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 He just said it. Just random. He actually, he said, in the scale of games, one is a Duke Nukem forever, and five is a fantastic, a face-meltingly awesome game. And then he rated this game lower than a 1, which a 1 is Duke Nukem forever. So <laughs> the game became worse than the game. I don't know how that worked. So he's like, it has to be rated Poop Helmet. So I put, All right. a, I put a little Poop Helmet on Duke Nukem, and That's good. there we go. Um, I actually... <laughs> Sorry, my son is uh, making zombie noises in the background. <laughs> It sounds like we're alive. Um, I actually, uh, the Humble Bundle is out, and if either of you haven't bought that, go get the Humble Bundle. You can get Space Chem and uh, Court from Naughty Dog. He huge recommendation of it. He told me I had to play this game, and you guys have to play this game, especially you, David. Um, it was designed by a programmer. So, all the mechanics are based around programming theory. He actually uses the game to teach his advanced assembly class at um, in California at one of the universities. I don't know. Sweet. Apparently, Naughty Dog programmers get to teach classes. <laughs> well, I don't get to. But um, 
oh, that game is so amazing. I can't stop playing it. And I just want to go home and play it some more. Um, it's smarter than me, but once it starts clicking, you start feeling smart. And I don't know how many games out there actually make you feel like you're the champion in the way that it makes you feel like you're the champion. But that's about all I'm playing right now. Wow, usually you're playing lots of games. So. Oh, I did finish Papo and Yo. And I know we made fun of it on finishing the week, David. But holy crap, you need to turn on your PlayStation and go play that game. <laughs> it mechanically is busted. Like, it's a mess. But the story content and how it presents itself, it's... I mean, there's hard, very few games that actually make you feel really bad about the situation that your character's in. That's cool. And this game takes it to a whole new level. Because throughout the game, you're with this monster, and the monsters are represent or representing his alcoholic abusive father. And wow. every once in a while, the monster will just go off and start beating you. <laughs> and then it's really hard to play when he's in this mood. And then he switches back to the more gentle, lumbering beast. And instantly your character, instead of being incredibly afraid of him, goes to him and wants to be acknowledged by this monster. And the emotional highs and lows. And the ending of the game, I was just... I, I don't understand. The bad reviews, I went and read them. They're all based off the mechanical. And uh -huh. I don't know if these reviewers were actually paying attention or if they're just trying to blow through to get the review out first. Is there some way that you have to finish it to, re you know, or you say that you... No, it, most people... it's very linear. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So you're not gonna... There's only one way to beat it, but... I wonder <clears throat> if any any people who have grown up with abusive or drunk parents or fathers have, like, gotten a lot out of that game, you know? I imagine that so. That could be pretty cool. I really want everyone to go play it how it ends is you just you're presented with this horrible reality and choice and just wow it's really really impactful so i compared it in the review to uh art house film where they didn't have a lot of money to make a big budget film but they still had the story they wanted to tell and you get done with the movie and you're just like, wow, that was powerful. Paponio is the same. That's awesome because usually they have the budget and the special effects look amazing, but the story sucks. <laughs> um, again and again, that's what I see in the theater. And again, David, you're going to actually have to turn on your PlayStation 3. I'll have to plug it in first. Um, I will actually email... Um, minority and see if I can get you a code for it. Because they actually emailed me the code to review the game, and I was like, nice. win! But, uh... Alright, so, now you get to ask your big question, Dan. Alright, so, I was just thinking about something that would be more interesting to ask something of Donald about did not finish, because he's got this awesome website full of posts about finishing all kinds of video games. Some of them end up being cool, some suck. So I was going to ask you, Donald, is there ever a game that you 
were not looking forward to playing at all for Did Not Finish. But it ended up surprising you and was actually pretty good. Um, There actually is. I had to go through my library. And back when it was first announced, I was very excited for Ninja Theory's Enslaved Odyssey to the West. And uh, I played the demo. And I thought that the story content was the most repulsive thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. The gameplay was janky and horrible, and the graphics were just awful. And I wrote it off. I was like, this is garbage. I give up. And then I was at a GameStop, and they're having a 50% off sale. And it was in a bargain bin. <laughs> and uh, I've told this story on the site before. I took the game up to the counter, had a $30 price tag on it handed it to the guy, he pulled out a calculator and divided <laughs> 30 by 2 to figure out what the price was. <laughs> oh, man. And I was just... He must uh, have been having a rough day. <laughs> I was standing there with my brain hurting, and he was like, oh, 15. And I held my tongue because it was the last copy, and I didn't want to get thrown out of GameStop. <laughs> but um, it's interesting because... Um, it's based on Journey to the West about a monk huh. who is traveling. It's an old Chinese folk tale where this monk is journeying to this temple to pay penance. And um, in this game, this girl puts this thing that the humans wear because they're controlled by a hive mind. Oh, wow. And it's it's post-apocalyptic. Everyone's gone except for there's pockets of humans. And humans built robots to fight a war. Robots got done fighting the war and decided humans needed to die. <laughs> so all the humans left, mostly they are run by this hive mind, and she uses one of these control things to control this guy named Monkey because she wants to get home, but she lacks the skills. And he's actually played by Andy Circus. Nice. So that was neat. And at first when she enslaves him, she's very... You know, you're just a dumb animal. This is what I'm going to use you for. But as the game develops, by the end, I didn't want it to end because I was like, no, I want more. That's it is cool. so well written, but still mechanically it's busted. Yeah. The graphics are just, I mean, you can go read the review. I lay it out all there, but sometimes it looks just like the most magnificent game. And then 10 minutes later, it looks like a PS1 classic. <laughs> Sometimes the character models are highly detailed, and the wall behind them will just look like a mush <laughs> of colors. <laughs> You're like, that's nuts. And uh, I wonder if they like spent a whole bunch of development time, you know, early on, and then had to rush it out the door or what? Because that's I'm, weird. What it looks like is they had this really solid product running on PC, but no one bothered to look at the xbox's capabilities and they're like uh. oh crap because apparently the pc version looks super sharp but then they just probably started compressing the crap out of oh, textures yeah. yeah and uh so that's why you said that you wish you would have played it on pc yeah yeah i'm sure that the gameplay would still be janky but uh i also picked two human okay which david probably remembers the hoopla that surrounded two human oh yes the the guy who's creating it he's dennis dyack he's really full of himself okay he really likes what he makes and he was 
boasting about how it didn't matter. Gamers are sheep, and they'll eat up whatever he gives them. Well, oh, that's they, a great attitude. They yeah. rebelled and didn't buy it. Right. <laughs> but I was in a pawn shop, and it was like two bucks. I was like, well, the money's not going to Dennis Dyack, so there you go. I'll buy it. Um, terrible story. Again, mechanics are broken. But if you love Diablo-style looting... Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. You just pick up weapons, you add new weapons, get armor. That is always fun in a game. You can just finish the game, loop back, start it again, and just keep doing that. And (laughs) when I'm not looking for something that challenges me on story or that level. Sometimes you just want to play that kind of game. You just want to play a stupid game. (laughs) And then I also decided to improve your question. Um, Do tell. Lost Planet. Okay. I was so excited for that game. And then I played it. And it's a disaster. <laughs> Actually, at Okay, so you're flipping the question around. I yeah, see. so excited game that became terrible. It's got really bad pacing. They don't really explain the world. And then in the last half hour, they introduce a mechanic that has been nowhere in the game. Weird. And they expect you to just play and win and i actually raged through my control while playing this game (laughs) the whole you're on foot the whole game and at the end they're like oh you can fly in this robot and suddenly you have that anime style sword that's 900 miles long and it just goes so crazy (laughs) that i didn't know what was going on and i had to look online how to beat this last guy because huh. he, if you get anywhere near him, he'll kill you in one swipe. What? And the trick to beating him is to fly outside his zone, charge up your sword, run in, hit him, and then fly back out. And it basically becomes a war of attrition. Huh. And it takes 45 minutes to beat the last guy. <laughs> that would not be fun. <laughs> and I was like, forget you, game. Yeah. That was before I reviewed games for the site, but I would <laughs> give it poop helmet. <laughs> So do better. Yeah. So, uh, oh boy. So speaking of how my son sounded like a zombie, um, since the last podcast episode, uh, Penfights Gamepad episode six aired, uh, they aired the, um, the podcast that I was a guest writer on, the Roundtable podcast. And after that, um, I put out a reading of chapter one of the novel that I workshopped on that podcast with those guys. So if you go cruise over to dandandtheartman.com, you can check out a, me doing a reading of the first chapter of that. Uh, it was really fun. I'm really excited about this book because um, it wasn't just me trying to come up with cool ideas. It was a whole bunch of other guys. So they're way better ideas than I could have come up with. And so I think it'll be the best book I've written yet. So I'm really excited about that. So also, if you heard the quality of my writing from the last episode <laughs> in that quick star scene, um, yeah, Wait, just hold we... on a little longer. I can actually write and listen to this one and then you'll be like, okay, he's not that bad. So, uh, yeah, I went to listen to the truth about zombies, but what what happened? Oh, I was listening on my phone uh-huh. and it does that stupid streaming thing. Oh, yeah. And it got halfway, I don't know, probably about a quarter way in, and then it just stopped. Oh. So I haven't listened to the whole thing. (laughs) 
That's embarrassing. Well, then let's just switch to another topic about zombies. Um, it's something you told me to listen just a few days ago. You're like, you have to listen to this. And I was really surprised I'd never told you about it because... I do hate you for that. <laughs> I know. It's the best podcast I've ever heard as far as writing goes, acting, uh, the production. It's amazing. Five out of five. It's called We're Alive, and it's um, audio fiction. I'd say it's like audio drama. Um, I think they have like professional actors for most, at least the lead roles. Yeah, I saw an interview where they're professional actors. That's cool. Have you heard of this, David? No. Um, you need to subscribe to We're Alive and start from the beginning. It's like an old-time radio drama, you know, pre-TV Telling the story of these people in a zombie apocalypse. Except it's very modern. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like an old radio drama, except, you know, you could it's all modern, like all the sound effects are just top notch. I'm sure they use the exact kind of guns. When they're going through something like in a vehicle, all the audio production is amazing. I have to uh Oh, he's searching for it. <laughs> I have to um, I had to actually like clean off my phone of pictures and videos so I could pack as many onto it as possible because they're only 20 minutes long at yeah. the beginning. It looks like the later on episodes, they do a whole hour long I think episode. They get yeah. But the 20 minutes, you just get into it and it's like, join us next time. I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> that guy does make it sound like old time radio too. He's like, Join us next time for We Are Live, episode four. <laughs> it uh oh, it's so good. It's very good. And it's the best I've ever heard. They're presenting zombies in a totally different way, and it's really weird. You'll be sitting there listening and listening, and then softly in the background you hear this, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, really stressful situation. Definitely, it's like radio. Walking Dead the Game. <laughs> there you go. Because Walking Dead the Game, I guess episode three is coming out this month, and I'm a little scared. Because, boy, I messed up so bad on episode two. Oh? I messed up all the way. So does that affect <laughs> yeah. your player going into episode three? It remembers every decision oh. you make <laughs> from episode to episode. I did something to one of the characters that I'm still questioning why I did that. <laughs> and it was horrific what I did. <laughs> I mean, oh, we'd have to get spoiler bought out and I could tell you guys. <laughs> but uh, do you want to hear the spoiler, David? Yeah, I'll hear it. So there's this guy having a heart attack. And if you die, you become a zombie. You don't have to be bitten or anything. It's just it reanimates dead flesh. Okay. And you're trapped in a meat locker with him. Oh, while my While he's gosh. having a heart attack. <laughs> and your options are try to help him, but if he dies, he comes back as a zombie. And he's a big guy. He's like 300 pounds. So you're in this locker room with three people and a child. And your choices are try to help him. Or pick up a salt lick for a horse and smash his head in <laughs> while he's still 
in the throes of dying. And I was like, I don't want to deal with the zombie. <laughs> so I picked up the salt lick and I bashed his head in <laughs> while his daughter was sitting there trying to give him CPR. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, right after it happened, you see him laying there and half his head is gone. And I was thinking to myself, did I just make a horrible mistake? <laughs> because she is really unhappy with me at the moment. <laughs> but that's not the least of the most horrible thing I did in that episode. Hmm. I did actually worse than bash a guy who's having a heart attack's head <laughs> in. <laughs> but you guys need to play those games. Yeah. Um... I need to read the comics and finish the TV show. TV show has nothing to really do with the comics or oh, the okay. games. Huh. Um, the writer of the comic is actually impressed with the game. Cool. That's so awesome. So that's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, no kidding. Obviously, David's going to go play them tonight, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that means no. That means no. <laughs> yeah, what time is it where you're at? 12.10. Wow. Thanks for staying up with us, man. Uh, I'm always up late. Okay, yeah, good, good. Here's a secret about David. At about 3 o'clock our time, mm -hmm. he'll be like, man, I'm starting to get sleepy. I'm like, it's 6 in the morning there. <laughs> I think he's some sort of like super genius billionaire <laughs> or something. Um, and you'll never know because you just know him through the internet. The internet is really, really neat. Yes. Did you not get the song I just referenced? Uh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, speaking of awesome stuff you can see on the internet, um, <laughs> David, get ready to click, because we are actually going to watch a deleted scene from Ghost Rider Spirit, oh, yeah. Spirit of Vengeance. All right, and to set up this clip before we hit play... Um, you just hit play. Uh, so apparently they released a deleted scene that uh, didn't have the visual effects added in yet. So what we have is brilliant actor Nicolas Cage <laughs> with a lighted helmet on acting like Ghost Rider. And his face is painted like a skull. And if you <laughs> thought this acting in this movie was terrible, you... We're going to put this in the show notes. This is amazing. So, uh, <laughs> Should I start it at the very beginning? No, there's okay. no, there's a whole scene where he's in the ch a church okay, smoking. Gotcha. That not, sounds like, very interesting. Not a cigarette. He's actually oh, physically yeah. smoking because, okay. <laughs> you know, the spirit of vengeance and God aren't best friends. <laughs> so Here we go. All right. Okay, what we're looking at is Nicolas Cage in a lighted hat swaying back and forth <laughs> yeah. like he's about to vomit. <laughs> and now we see his face painted like a skull. <laughs> and a man with an AK-47 is breathing through his nose. <laughs> and Still swaying. Oh, he turned around. Oh, and then he moves in obviously just sped up film speed. <laughs> And now he's talking like Batman. Yeah, he's like Batman ordering a pizza. Hungry. And, and now he's opening his mouth as wide as he 
possibly can. He's pulling the guy's soul out through his face, apparently, and it shocked a chubby guy. And now he's just standing there with this stupid lighted helmet on, and it kind of looks like he's about to kiss this guy. (laughs) And he keeps jerking his head around. (laughs) And, uh, wait, is he in England? That was a European license plate. That's true. How did Ghost Rider get to England? And obviously this guy's in pain because the film is going black and white. (laughs) And he's, I guess he's dying or he's wetting himself. (laughs) Maybe both. And then, uh, okay, make it stop. (laughs) Okay, they even painted the teeth on his lips. (laughs) I guess he had to get into character. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually seen this movie but from that clip, I'm going to give it a poop helmet. <laughs> what would you give it? I'd give it a two poop helmets. David, what would you give that movie? Cup of vomit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Um. Wow, that was bad. I just. I think that we should film the next podcast while wearing those lighted helmets. <laughs> that would be that would be cool. <laughs> was that guy dying in that clip? Or because Ghost Rider just looks into your soul, and you're supposed to see all the wrong that you did, and then you basically just live out the rest of your life in this catatonic state, reliving the horrible event that brought Ghost Rider to you. Ah, and I don't know if anyone working on the movie actually picked up a Ghost Rider comic. Like, <laughs> hey guys, we probably should read this, and then the guy's like, "We got this." <laughs> he rides a flaming motorbike. Right, exactly. One more. He's on a bike. He's on fire. Let's do this. Yeah. Go, go, go. So, uh, yeah, I saw that on the internet, and I just, I had to share it with you guys, because when else can you see Nicolas Cage being more Nicolas Cage (laughs) than in that moment? And you know he was totally just into it, like, I have a flaming head. (laughs) You know it would be awesome if they had lit his head on fire and asked him to do the scene? (laughs) He's like, yeah, I, I can get into this. <laughs> yeah, they should have done that as a practical effect. Yeah. yeah. Just a guy standing next to him with a blowtorch just hitting him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> the world could thank that practical effect later. Um, so uh, as I was driving over here, well, I'd probably, I was at a stoplight that wouldn't end. I looked <laughs> down at my phone and there was a tweet. Samsung lost the court case to Apple today. Did you see this, David? I heard about it. Yeah, so they owe Apple a billion dollars. Actually, it's a little billion and some change. And it's not going to affect them in any way because they make $400 billion overseas every year. But apparently, the court agreed that Samsung has been using Apple designs to make their phones. Hmm. And they were designing them in such a way to trick the unsavvy consumer into thinking they had an iPhone, and then they end up with Android, and that's just not fair. (laughs) So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Samsung... And it's only in the U.S. that they're going to have to change things up. The rest of the world was like, who cares? It's 
a touchscreen phone. <laughs> but um, do you, uh, I guess I'm the only one with a Samsung phone, so I have a BlackBerry. Yeah, his his phone has a keyboard, David, <laughs> like a physical one. I carry a BlackBerry with me because I can write really quickly on it, but I also have an iPod Touch, which I use, you know, for whatever I would have used a touch screen for, so. Which obviously is dual analog sticks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've been meaning to ask you, uh, your dual analog sticks work really well, David. Is there any way you can release that code to other Windows Phone developers so <laughs> theirs can suck less? Well, I, I could put it on your website. You know what? Let's do that because <laughs> there is some atrocious virtual joysticks out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how really? often you delve into the nightmare that is the marketplace games, but what makes them bad? What? Why do? Why don't you like other? I'm well, just curious. I don't know how you do it, but there's like a ramping effect for. Like, if you just move it a little, your character moves a tiny bit. But if you jam it all the way over, he'll move at a nice pace. There's, you just move it a little, and it's full speed in one direction. So, Oh, it's not a real analog input, then. Yeah, it's just, basically, it's a digital, but they dress it up like a thumbstick. Yeah, yeah. If you're lucky, they programmed eight direction, but it's usually four direction. And, uh... I don't. Maybe there's just some plugin that everyone's using that they to can be lazy. Yeah, they can just drop in there and instead of actually taking the time, because when in Pirate Plunder, your ship controls the way you did it. That is still just the best way to drive a boat. Uh, maybe you should call Ubisoft and say you got to forget this Assassin's Creed boat thing. <laughs> I've got the answer right here. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> that is a fun little mini game. Have you guys seen that Assassin's Creed boat stuff? No. Yeah. Oh, I need to show you, Dan. You get to actually, like, old-time Civil wow. War vessel. Uh-huh. You get to drive it through the ocean. Wow. While attacking those dirty red coats. <laughs> I'm very excited for that game. I think I'm the only one on Did Not Finish who's actually excited for that game. <laughs> Everyone else makes fun of it. Hmm. Although we all got together to make fun of it. That was good times. So I'm really interested to in see where you're going with this. Because <laughs> I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I was just curious because I really like the Lord of the Rings movies. I have to admit, there's definite parts where you're like, come on, Peter I Jackson. I know. Were you drunk when you saw The Two Towers and Return of the King? I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I actually stopped reading the books. I'd read The Hobbit like in junior high. Yeah, you've said this, and it's just crazy. I, I stopped reading the books because they made me not like the movies as much. So I enjoyed the movies, and then I read the books afterwards. But... These books make these movies look terrible. <laughs> I should stop reading. <laughs> well, just because, you know, there's differences like... That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Absalonson would like you to stop reading things that make the movies look worse. (laughs) Yes. Now, Two Towers just... Oh, I hate that movie so much. Because (laughs) the... uh, You have Boromir from Fellowship of the Rings. 
And he wanted the ring so he could be all-powerful. Right. And then his brother, Faramir, mm-hmm. the whole point of him was to show that there are humans out there who aren't lusting after this power, who right. want to get rid of it. And then the movie, he's just a Boromir copy, and he mm. wants the ring. And I was like, apparently, the deep <laughs> subtext, Peter Jackson was like, I'm from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> I have a stupid beard, but, <laughs> oh. I don't know. I guess I just really enjoy being immersed in the world and just seeing all the production that went into it and stuff. But I thought, I went to um, RottenTomatoes.com and I was like, I wonder what everyone else thinks. And at first I was like, haha, 92, the tomato meter by the, you know, like the people that get paid to review was 92 and the audience was 92 on F- Fellowship of the Ring, the first one. Because usually I'll see in the 80s if it's really good or way worse than that. Okay, The Two Towers, the second Lord of the Rings movie. Ooh, 96 (laughs) by the judges. Oh, and still 92 by the audience. And then I found it interesting. uh, 94 for The Return of the King, the last Lord of the Rings movies. uh, Tomato Meter said 94%, but the audience dropped from a solid 92 on the first two all the way down to 83. Well, here's what happened. The variants that you're missing, what, seven, the 9% you're missing, Mm -hmm. they died at the end of the movie (laughs) during all the slow motion. (laughs) They're just sitting in their chairs and they're like, my heart. And they died because we got to fly back from the mountain slow. We got to watch hobbits jump on the bed slow while Gandalf creepily watches them. (laughs) Then he's got to get married in slow motion. (laughs) Then we got to return to the Shire in slow motion. (laughs) And then we have to sail off with the one ring in slow motion. I like when podcasts have people that have different points of views. So I'll jump in and say to me, after watching all of this content on the third of three very long movies, to me, that was kind of rewarding to see all that played out all slow. Cause like, yay, we finally won. Let's enjoy being back at the Shire. And, uh, I don't know. I just really like the whole, like the beginning of the first movie where you see how peaceful it is and all that. And that's what they're fighting for. You get to return to that. Um, it again, when I finally got to read the end of the third book, I was like, okay, this is way different than the movie. And, uh, but by way know, different, do you mean? Well, I didn't liked, suck. Yeah. Did you I, read it in slow motion? <laughs> so I'll, uh, yeah. It's funny, like, I guess when you're reading, when I'm reading something and I'm way into it, I'll read it faster. But a lot of times I'll go back and then savor it, reading it slowly. But that didn't really happen for me with Lord of the Rings. But I did think it was cool to read. If you've read the books, you actually get to see the hobbits returning to Hobbiton and, like, you know, fighting off orcs and. That was what cool. I, I really, that was in the movie. what I really liked about the difference between the books and the movie, I enjoyed Fellowship of the Rings the least in book form. Uh-huh. Two Towers was way better. And then Return of the King is just mind blowingly awesome. And I will watch Fellowship of the Rings. Yeah. Two Towers sucked. <laughs> and then Return of the King sucked the hardest. Well, according to the audience, uh, they agree with you, because they did 92, 92, and then on the last movie, an 83. Well, luckily, we're going to have three more of these movies to <laughs> <Yeah>. debate. <laughs> and, oh, what are your thoughts on that, David? Oh, yes. Oh, well, 
I, I guess three movies is better than trying to jam that into one. Well, to be fair, the book is, it's all, what, 150 pages long? I don't remember. It's pretty, it's definitely shorter. I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of walking in this movie. It'd be like, we're walking <laughs> past a tree, now we're walking past a mountain, <laughs> another tree. So, yeah, I, I could have accepted two movies, but then they're actually going to shoot more footage for the third, so it wasn't like they had an abundance of footage. that they Yeah, they didn't have enough. Let's go back to the <laughs> trees. Yeah. The it's just... And, <laughs> well, they're going... They actually went and got the Simralian, mm-hmm. which is basically a collection of just his thoughts on the world yeah. that his son put out because his son wanted some money. And it's not a real story. It's just, oh, this is how this works. And they're going to make a story out of it. Hmm. I don't. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that part. I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, after King Kong, I could care less about <laughs> Peter Jackson. <laughs> I hope I never find him in a burning Volkswagen bug. <laughs> so I'll be like, in. don't worry, Peter, the world will be better for this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If they add stuff from the Cimmerillion uh, to like make the Hobbit story richer, I guess that might be kind of cool. But honestly, I enjoyed the Hobbit way more than, well, mostly the second and third Lord of the Rings books until the end just because I kind of got bored. But The Hobbit, uh, I loved it. Like, as soon as I finished it last time, a few years ago, I just wanted to read it again. So I'm real, I was really excited about the movie, but I don't know about this whole three movies thing. Like, how are they going to stretch it out into three movies? It's like when SNL has a skit that's kind of funny and they're like, let's make an entire movie out of this. Oh, that wasn't a good idea, guys. <laughs> what are you talking about? Night at the Roxbury. Okay, that was Night good. At the <laughs> no, there there were some good Oscar. ones. Yeah, that one wasn't bad, but like it's Pat or you know <laughs> anything. Oh, yeah, anything without Adam Sandler in it, you're pretty much good to go. <laughs> That's true. When's the last good movie he did? I don't know. We tried his latest one where he plays his twin sister. I have to say there were about three parts where I was hysterically laughing, but it do not watch it. It was horrible. <laughs> Wasn't I think that got a two on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. Yeah, it was not a good movie. Like that character when he plays as his sister, it's just the voice is annoying. There's some really funny jokes, well, but there's hardly any. So you know it's like you see a movie and the preview made it look really funny, but then all the funny parts were in the preview, so then when you go see the movie, you feel totally cheated out of your money. So, yeah, exactly. let's agree that Billy Madison was the last good Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> the last great one. Or Happy Gilmore. I really like both of those. And I think it's funny, his his uh, production company is called Happy Madison. Because he even knows. <laughs> Let's not forget you don't mess with the Zohan. I haven't seen that one. Oh, wow. A co-worker <laughs> lent it to me. He's like, this is the greatest movie ever. And I handed it back to him. I was like, from now on, I will judge you based on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is 
so horrible. Yeah. I couldn't, from the previews, I was like, that's either pretty funny or just really bad. Basically, when it says starring Adam Sandler, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I like that holiday cartoon that he did. That was good. The Seven Nights at Christmas. All those reindeer eating poop. and He teams yeah, up with good. that kid, and the kid's like, eat nut strap, biatch. <laughs> that was funny. I like the musical numbers. Yeah. The he, dude can sing. He's on Sesame Street a lot. Really? Yeah, singing about alphabets and stuff. <laughs> which... I will always have a certain special place in my heart because when I was of the age when, you know, like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore came out and I was in high school, you know, we all watched it a ton of times and thought it was hilarious. But, yeah, he kind of... It's like M. Night Shyamalan. All his movies just keep sucking. Shyamalan. A Shyamalan. <laughs> um... What do you mean, keep sucking? Have you not seen The Last Airbender? <laughs> I'll stick to the cartoons, thank you. The cartoons oh, that, that are horrible. fantastic, but for Do Not Watch, I watched it. I heard that it was bad, yeah. No, you heard wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> it is the first sign of the return of Satan. <laughs> it is that bad. Yikes. It is the first six. Um. <laughs> oh... Speaking of movies that don't suck, when are we going to go see Expendables? Oh, yeah, Expendables 2. Is it out? Yeah. Oh, yep. It's the it's number out. one movie in that. America. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Go America. <laughs> it beat the kid friendly Halloween ish cartoon. Hmm. A rated R movie beat a kid movie. Wow. Unbelievable. That, that hardly ever happened. <laughs> that means people are like, Mommy, Daddy, I want to go see this. They're like, shut up. We got you a babysitter. We're going to go watch stuff blow up. <laughs> or the the dad just like, you and the kids go see that. I'm going to go see that. <laughs> yeah. But apparently Harrison Ford has signed on for Expendables 3. Has he done anything since Are Indy 4? Are you serious? I am serious. He's excited. But Chuck Norris is not going to do Expendables 3. Oh, Everyone else is going to do Expendables 3. Hopefully wow. at least his mustache makes it into the film. Have you seen Expendables, David? Oh, yeah. I've got it on Blu-ray. I love it. The yeah. first one. It's the one of the greatest movies of our time. I had not seen it, and yeah, Donald recommended it to me. And Oh, man. All of the fighting scenes, they were kind of like what I talked about when you re go back and read it again. I would rewind it and be like, I gotta see that again, because that was awesome. Now, the yeah. game is not good. Expendables 2, the game. I tried to play it again. Oh. I'm so glad I got did that for free. Well, I guess it wouldn't really matter, but did it spoil the movie story for you? No, it's supposedly Bridges 1 and okay. 2. Okay, gotcha. But from what I can tell, when they're not being filmed, they just walk around like they have a broomstick up their <laughs> hind end. And the guy who's trying to be Stallone sounds nothing like Stallone. Oh, that sucks. And all they do is land in a cornfield, shoot everything. Because apparently they wrote this brilliant cornfield and tall grass damage model where when you shoot 
or throw a grenade, it knocks the grass down. Huh. So everywhere you fight is in really tall grass. <laughs> They're like, we got to show this off as much as possible. <laughs> and and we, we spend a lot of time on this effect. Let's use it. Yeah. All they had to do was make everything explode, make the guns really loud, and they don't even do that right. <sighs> and you're not close. It's designed for four players, but when you're playing single player... The camera doesn't even zoom in, so you can see the action better. What? It's That sucks. I'm not going to be very kind to it when I review <laughs> it. I'm forcing myself to finish it, because one of the things about Did Not Finish is if I start a game, I have to finish it, which yeah. I really wish someone had warned me ahead of time when I started <laughs> this to make wise choices. <laughs> do you... I guess I've seen it, but do you have... how Like, what's the oldest console or even pc build of a game that you have on your list like do you have super nintendo games on there or i have sega genesis okay i need to cool. finish the death and return of superman that doesn't i don't that doesn't sound like any fun it's awesome oh is it yeah it Sweet. uh back when they actually cared when they got a movie or comic wait, license wait, wait. i think i've played that on the super nintendo and it was awesome it's oh, like, i love uh, that game streets of rage yeah that's a great game well maybe you'll have to come over and pick up player two i love that game um word to the wise sega genesis don't look so good in hd <laughs> <laughs> it flickers when stuff gets going really fast, <laughs> oh, the frame and, refresh, and you just feel like grabbing a bucket and yakking into it because your brain's <laughs> like, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> um, oh man! I have a game called Guy Rez, and it's a side-scrolling bullet hell game. And I threw it in. I was like, Oh, I finally found it. It was lost in our garage for two years. And I ran into the house, and I put it in the Genesis and started it up, and oh my, whoa. <laughs> I told my wife after about four minutes that I, I turned around, I was like, are my eyes bleeding? And she's like, they're bloodshot. And I was like, I better stop, because <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> so, uh, wow. yeah, if we play it, it's gonna it's going to be rough, because... From what I've read, it takes about two hours to beat, which amazes me. We now complain. We're like, oh, a game's only 16 hours. I didn't get my money's worth. Apparently, you can beat the first Contra in 20 minutes. Wow. Really? Yeah. Man, I loved that game. I spent a couple summers just playing the heck out of that game. Apparently, when you apply adult knowledge to what's going on on the screen and not just little kid knowledge like i have to collect the bullets with <laughs> my body <laughs> you can just blow through that game huh i want to clone that game contra remember we we're talking about that yeah i thought it was forgotten worlds that one too i like both of those we had a name for the contra clone we were going to do what was it i thought we named the uh, i've got the emails i thought we named the forgotten worlds clone the like the other planet or some or remembered planet, and yeah, the guys like were the, just the obsessed one. with their you mohawks know, and calling really each other bro. <laughs> so um, what is it when you clone a game? Do you like, update the graphics, or do you just you basically copy the formula? Oh, okay, and you apply your own just the gameplay, like what yeah. I did with the Grid Runner Girl. It's basically you know like an homage to um, Space what's it called. 
Cool. Spe- uh, grid run- I do still have that one installed. That was actually the game. Um, my youngest is right after she was born. She wasn't sleeping in through the night, and she decided the only way she could sleep is if I was holding her. And fun, I fun, fun. was scrolling through the marketplace, and back then when a game came out, you got really excited because there hardly any came out. Yeah. I downloaded Grid Runner Girl and it was right after Did Not Finish fired up. No, it wouldn't have been our youngest. It would have been one of the twins. And, uh, I downloaded it and it was right after Did Not Finish started and I was like, I have to interview this guy. And that's awesome. I sent David an email and he emailed me back and he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's, it's kind of a nervous email, like, okay, crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're not a psychopath. <laughs> little did he know that I am. <laughs> I was a little apprehensive at first, actually. I didn't know, you know, what what I was getting myself into, if it was a scam of some kind. <laughs> I was actually wary of what was happening. Oh, that actually explains why a lot of my early emails never got responded to. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know what I... To this day, I'll admit that I have no idea what I'm doing, but apparently we're doing something right. Um, people really like finishing the week, too. That's awesome. I think it's because it's so funny. I've got to say, too, um, it seems like some people have uh, come over to my site from yours and hopefully vice versa, because now when I post, when I make a post on my blog... Uh, you know, I don't remember how many hits I used to get, but now it's like 60, 75, up in the 60s and 70s. I'm excited. It's really awesome because before it was way below that because <laughs> most people I know online are other, you know, authors or people that are really into putting out your novel as a podcast, that kind of crowd. So, well, and David, your interview gets hit just about every day. So that's awesome. Wow. You're doing something right. And all your article, what is it? For some reason, Wizards Tower 2. I don't know what you put in there, but people are Googling uh, code with a question mark after it, and it leads them to that. So don't change anything. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Yeah. um, If you go to uh, glowpuff.com, um, David just redid his site and it looks super sweet. And, uh, if you hit development blog, it takes you to did not finish. Super sweet. I thought that was pretty awesome, man. So thank you for sending me your traffic. Well, thanks again for hosting my stuff. Well, at first it was kind of like yanking teeth to get him to write. Mm-hmm. You're like, please write something, please. I have no content. <laughs> and then, uh. What was it that you wrote that Reddit got a hold of and just, that was an insane week. It was, uh... Was it the one on character animation? Yes, that he wrote one about character animation and I guess it got reposted in on a Reddit That's thread. Awesome. And holy crap, those Reddit people will just descend on you. <laughs> that was actually... You actually took the site down because of that. I got an email from the hosting service saying 
we didn't expect this traffic. And wow. you timed out. I was like, please put it back. It's a good problem to have, but it does suck. But that's that's awesome. They've actually. Wow. I didn't know that. Oh, I thought I told you that. Anyway, you just found <laughs> out. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, actually, what I was really happy the other day, they migrated us because the site fully vanished. And I woke up and it was gone. That, yeah, that was scary. <laughs> I logged into the back end. Nothing was there. Oh, I was like man. through the FTP, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> just everything's gone." So, you know, I'm emailing just like crazy, and they finally like, "Oh well, your traffic has been improving at this rate, so we put you on a heavier load server." Nice. Uh, and by the way, here's your new DNS codes. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you guys suck so bad." <laughs> But yeah, thanks for the heads up. I think I wrote some pretty depressing emails when that happened to you guys. <laughs> that oh, that was a bad day. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it it was just it wasn't like sorry, it's down for maintenance. It was just I I walked into the FTP and a tumbleweed went bouncing by in a <laughs> newspaper. I was like, oh, even the directories were gone. Oh man! So that was pretty scary. So wait till that happens. Oh, you're on Blogger, so yeah, that won't happen to you. We got to get that to happen to David's site so he can feel the panic. <laughs> so obviously, with everyone who listens to this, your site's just going to get bombarded, blowing it up. So you're welcome, sir. <laughs> Yeah, it's been awesome having you on, man. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, that's 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 quite fine. Oh, I, I wanted before I forget, uh, I wanted to thank you for remixing the game music. Oh yeah, the new game. that was fun. I just uh, found a couple other songs with some cool rock stuff in them, and I had to stretch or shrink their timing and like really tweak it to get the timing to work correctly, but. Uh, yeah, it was, that was fun. It came out pretty good, so. I think it adds a really cool kick-you-in-the-teeth kind of edge to the action that's going on. I'm also glad that I didn't have to sit and write stuff on my actual guitar and try and record that and put it in there. I was like, why don't I see what Kevin McLeod has? <laughs> don't we use Kevin McLeod for this? Yeah. Holy cow, that dude's like a free audio rock star. Yeah, like, if you go to uh, patiobooks.com, where they have a ton of free audiobooks that people self-publish as podcast episodes, you'll hear them say all the time, Music by Kevin McLeod, over at incompetech.com, because he has so much stuff. And you can even use it for, like you are, for commercial purposes with Glowpuff. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I use his stuff in every game. And he has, like, so many different styles, and pretty good way to uh, search through it. You can even search by mood, I think. It's pretty cool. Yes, mood, genre, all kinds of neat things. It's, it's very simple to find pretty much what exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, it's awesome. So this is off the music topic, but I was just sitting here thinking, which is generally dangerous... <laughs> 
David, could we use the 3D tech you used for Zombie Carnival for Impossible Mountain 2? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no reason why it couldn't. But here's the question. It depends question. on what kind of gameplay. I mean, if it, could it if be? 3D works for the kind of game design you're shooting for, sure. Could it be an over-the-shoulder third-person game? Because <laughs> how freaky would that be? Trying to visualize it. Uh, Think Gears of War, but you're climbing a mountain. Oh, you're, so you're looking up. Yeah. Whoa, so, whoa, hey now. Hey now. <laughs> you could have like a fog lighter up at the top yeah. to hide, you know, creating the mountain chunks. And it would just look like, oh, I'm on a snowy mountain. It's hazy up there. And that would be a rush. That would be nice with tilt support for the control input, too. Oh, that'd be ridiculous. Because you could, you know, you'd be strafing left and right as you go up. This is exactly how ideas just happen to Sounds me. Sounds like you guys are onto something. Sometimes I idea vomit all over David's email inbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome to have someone to collaborate with. Like for me, I'm never going to write a novel again until I have kind of shot the ideas for it around to other people and get feedback because it's awesome to shoot ideas off of people and then new ideas come and you might even end up with something way different than what you initially had an idea for, but way cooler. So, but anyone listening to this, don't steal that idea. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't. Cause uh, I think I, I might have to jump all over that. Well, I guess if they made a game called impossible mountain two, you'd probably have grounds to, you know, <laughs> sue them for a billion dollars. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, something that we probably should do here at the end of the podcast is, um, if you're on the Twitter machine as what's his name, that presidential candidate called it, the guy from Texas, mm. Rick Perry. Yeah. He once called it the Twitter machine. <laughs> if you're on the Twitter machine, um, you should go follow David at Glowpuff, and it's spelled just like it's sounds and you know follow his game updates you know his amazing amusings on life and what's his web address <clears throat> glowpuff.com once again easy <laughs> and you should follow dan dan the or at dan dan the art man mm-hmm. um and he will tell you when a book is free that's right a lot of free books <laughs> yeah they're short stories He'll tweet pictures of coffee. What was with that? (laughs) I'm just goofy in the morning or at all times. But it was. I was like, happy Friday, everyone. Do you need a cup of coffee to wake up some? And I attached a picture of a mug of coffee with coffee being poured into it. Are you going to say, I hope you had a great Friday. Here's a picture of a beer tonight. (laughs) I should. (laughs) Or a pillow or something, yeah. And you can go to um, dandantheartman.com to follow his latest full-on writings that are longer than 140 characters. <laughs> and I am at conmaned on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And obviously did not fin- did dash not dot dash finish dot com. And if you really, really like stuff 
clogging your Twitter feed, you can follow at didnfinish.com and all the official did not finish stuff comes through there. And I just was delivered a bunch of Uncharted 3 multiplayer codes from a certain person who works at Naughty Dog. Nice. He, apparently they were handing him out and he's like, oh, thanks, but he doesn't actually play Uncharted 3 multiplayer. <laughs> so he passed them along, so I'm going to give those away because I'm going to be honest, I tried Uncharted 3's multiplayer for the review and didn't really get into it, so going to give those away. So anyway, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. And going to get David to update more. <laughs> I must say, uh, you know, reading Did Not Finish has inspired me to post more often because that's one of the best things you can do to, you know, make people want to come back because you have content that's coming in all the time. You have a lot more up there and people can kind of depend on you. You're not just every, whenever you feel like it, like once a month or, you know. There is a last post that was going to go up Monday, but I may have written it on hydrocodone. <laughs> and my wife. All the told, more reason to post. <laughs> my wife told me that there was no way it was going to see the light of day. <laughs> Apparently it was just uh. an absolute wreck. She couldn't read sentences and. <laughs> I need to go back and actually view it. Yeah, maybe there's a couple cool ideas in there. You it's, to... it's like the wasteland or it's the fallout of posts. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, under that theory, David should publish three games a week. <laughs> so, what, what are you doing, man? I mean, other apps out there, they publish. 10 to 12 games every day. <laughs> what are you doing? That's true. And they're all the same game with a different graphical treatment. <laughs> yeah, people will do anything to get downloads. I, I've become very wary of downloading stuff on my phone. I wish, it, I wish Steam would come to Windows Phone. Hmm. I wish Steam was on everything. I wish my refrigerator had Steam. <laughs> Steam is the best. So, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode seven. seven. We're almost to ten. Yeah, double digits. We'll have to do something really exciting for that. We will wear shirts that say ten on them. <laughs> that will be very effective for an audio podcast. <laughs> So, uh, in the meantime, we're going to do better, and we thank you for listening. And thanks again, David, for coming on. Oh, yes. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. So. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yes. That's actually, that sounds fun. So, all right. Bye. 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 Music used by Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 International License. Yeah.